He shares parts of himself and his experience that liberate me on a level that I've never experienced before. And so what I've learned too, you know, as I'm stepping into this in a new way that partners have the power to liberate each other. And it's one of the most powerful results of a relationship is complete liberation. So I'm just feeling, I'm feeling more creative than, than ever. I'm feeling more like myself than ever. I'm also feeling more peace than I ever have. And it's because I don't have to be anyone but me. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello, guys. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Krista Williams. And I'm Lindsay Simsek. We're so glad you're here. Happy February. Happy Feb. Happy Feb. (laughs) Happy Happy Feb 2020. Thursday. If you're listening to it on a Thursday, we are instituting a new format weekly. So we're really excited about that where you'll just get us on a Thursday, uh, catching up with both Krista and I, and then heading into either a solo or a solo duo pod, if that makes sense. Getting very, very personal. Very personal. Very vulnerable. Just felt like it would be, you know. <laughs> Awkwardly vulnerable. <laughs> said one very, it was a nice review, but they said at first they were uncomfortable. <laughs> was that a YouTube review? Uh, no, it was a, a one. She was like, mm. oh, I love it. At first it felt Awkwardly, awkwardly vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we used to talk about very weird kind of, yeah, you yeah. Know. But now, now we're ladies. Yeah, now we're total <laughs> ladies. We're so glad you're here. We have shows every Tuesday, Thursday. We have a community of people all over the world that support one another through the Facebook group online or at our live events. We were on tour for the past two years. We're going to be going on tour later this year. And we have awesome things that we do, like our retreat in Malibu. Uh, in May. And then we also have things like a digital workshop that we're hosting with Jenna Zoe on human design on the 29th. Yeah, we're really excited. The in-person IRL part of what we do is uh, really important to us. And we've seen it just be super healing for all of you. So if you can make it to one of our events or even the online digital, I think that will be really cool to connect with everyone as well. Yes. If you want more information on those, you can go to almost30podcast.com. And also on the website, there's all the show notes. And in the show notes, there's discount codes, more information on all of our guests or topics. And then um, we also have a partners tab. So we work with tons of amazing brands and there is tons of discount codes there for you and all your friends. So cash in. Truly. Any holiday, birthday, whatever, probably go to yeah. partner's page yeah. first. Um, it's so funny. My I have like a thread with my siblings and my sister just shared this BuzzFeed article about weird house rules that people had when they were kids and how weird and wild parents were in instating these household rules, which got me thinking about like, what rules am I going to make when I'm a parent? Mm-hmm. Just get a little wild. I'm going to get be so wild. <laughs> I just want to prank Justin. I want all my kids to help me prank Justin. Totally. That's like all I can dream about. I'm like, I just want to prank my husband. <laughs> I want to use my children as like prank tools. Did you have any weird Yeah, weird actually, rules? when you were talking about that, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, what were some of the weird rules? rules? One of them that drove me nuts was we had to drink a full glass of milk at dinner. Oh. Nasty. Nasty. So every single dinner, we had to drink a full glass of milk. And here's the thing. Oh my God. We used to be so mad. So my mom would set out the milk when she started to make dinner. So by the time dinner happened, it was like warm. So it was like warm milk. 
that we had to have with dinner. And my mom was kind of adventurous as a, as a chef, mm. you know, bless her. She's talented, but not cooking wasn't the talent. <laughs> so it was just like food beyond our comprehension, like salmon souffle, egg souffle, quiche, like whole grain <laughs> pizza. And like, we're living in Ohio. We're like, where is the freaking Stouffer's pizzas? Yeah, You totally. know what I mean? Like, where's the basic shit? Mm-hmm. So we'd have all this crazy food and we'd have to drink all of our milk before we left the table. Oh my God, I hated that. Dude, my aunt and uncle would make my cousins do that. And then when we were together for holidays, they would still have to do that, but we didn't have to. So it was like equally awkward. I was just like, what's happening? Oh, your parents made them do it? No, no, not my parents, my aunt and uncle, their kids. They would keep that rule even during holidays when we were all together. So they would make their kids drink milk and even when we were all together, like they didn't oh, want got to. It. Yeah, we did too. It's and so I just, nice. I just felt like, do you want me to help you? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Dude, so nasty. Whole milk or skim? You know, we did, we started with whole and then we moved to skim. <laughs> yep. Which actually doesn't make a difference. Don't make a difference. Just more <laughs> sugar. Yeah. My dad was the, the king of, it wasn't necessarily rules. My dad was just like the manor patrol and a little bit OCD. So it was like clockwork. I could predict like every question and comment. So like if we would get home, he'd be on the couch and he'd say, did you close the garage door? Yes. You know, like all those things. Did you lock, did you lock? Did you lock your car door? Yep. You know, we got to a point where we'd just be like, yes, absolutely. Yep. And then my sis- my brother and sister, they were like a little sweet little tag team at one point in their, uh, as they were growing up and they would go down and make bagel with cream cheese, you know, kind of before bed-ish, maybe an hour before bed. As you do. And they'd sneak down there and my dad would like lean over the railing. He's like, kitchen's closed. <laughs> what are you doing? But I just remember so vividly, like he would kind of come out of like, you know, he'd be in his underwear. He'd be like, kitchen's closed kids. And we're just like, okay. And then at the table was like a whole other, a whole other situation, whether it was like no elbows on the table. Like there wouldn't be a minute or two that would go by without kind of a little nudge about something, napkin on your lap, no elbows on the table. Don't bite your fork. I mean, so many. God, that's exhausting. It was exhausting. Can I live? Can I just be a messy fucking piglet? Can I be a piglet? You know what I mean? Yes. I think I think there's- You should have had t-shirts. All the kids should have came to the table with t-shirts that said, can, can I, I be, be a, a piglet? piglet? <laughs> yeah, man. It Dude, was, that's exhausting. It was a wild time. Love What's my dad, but damn, it was, it was a lot. But yeah. <laughs> thinking about like us as kids, just thinking like, okay, that's it. That's the rule. Yep, 100%. And not really thinking about Or like, like that you're bad or good because you clamped the fork. Of course. You know. Totally. I just messaged my sister. I'm hopeful to get more rules. I think a lot of the rules kind of were a little wishy-washy. So that was a little confusing. Of You know, because it was like depending on the mood and the vibe mm-hmm. at home, how strict we were going to be. So they would always change. So it was like a little, little hard to understand what our rules were. But another rule was related to food. No soda in the house, no sweets, no fast food. Mm-hmm, yeah, same. You know, it's like none of that. It's like no, and it was like low fat time. So it was like nothing bad. Like we weren't allowed to ever have anything bad. Yeah, wheat thins, baby. Wheat thins all day, baby. <laughs> wheat thins for life. Honey bunches of oats for life. We could never answer the phone just hello because my parents thought it was rude. I was like, what do you mean? It's a greeting. But they they were worried I was going to be like a teenager that was just like, hello. <laughs> God, so they so funny. they made us answer. This is Lindsay who's calling, please. But we got so lazy with it that no one knew what we were saying. We'd just be like, "This is Lindsay calls, please." People <laughs> be like, "Huh?" They're like, uh, "Come again?" I'm like this is making it more complicated. We had an early curfew too. I think our curfew was eleven. Mm, again, wishy washy about curfew. Yeah. So I inevitably just like broke rules because it was never very clearly defined. If I came home at eleven, they'd be like, "Why are we out so late?" Or if I came home early, is everything okay? Why are you yeah. home early? <laughs> it's funny too, because it's like with curfew, I'd be like, God, like, let me stay out till like 12. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like hanging out in the parking lot somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, nothing. well, what are you doing? I'm like driving around the streets. It was like, <laughs> so you could like anything to get away from parents. 
yeah. you were doing. Literally, we would hang out in the parking lot at UDF, which is called United Dairy Farmers, on the corner of these two streets in Mason, Ohio, or we'd be at Waffle House. Mm, Honestly, and I would, good one. I was like, oh, I'm not going to have waffles. I'm going to have chocolate milk. And I would get chocolate milk from Waffle House all the time. And we'd be doing this like dumb stuff. And I'm like, why did I want to stay out late so bad? What was the chocolate milk choice? Um, I just, I was a chocolate milk fiend. Mm, in high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, I would have three cartons at lunch. I would have it at freaking Waffle House. And I realized now that I was trying to soothe myself. <laughs> I realized now that at a young age, I would have chocolate milk as a soothing technique. And then as an older person, I would also try that. Totally. totally. Bleh. Bleh, bleh. So much milk. Oh man. Well, let us know if you had any weird house rules. Maybe we can start a little thread in the yes. secret Facebook group. I would love to hear what people have had as house rules that they've realized were kind of different mm-hmm. or odd or, you know, I think it's been interesting too, when I've had friends like exploring that with friends and then being like, oh my God, I didn't know that you know, you guys were allowed to do that or I wasn't or vice versa. And it says so much about who they are or explains maybe some of their idiosyncrasies, whether it's like following rules or not following rules or wanting to break rules. It's like, oh, makes so much sense. Justin, my fiance, one of his rules was he was an only child. So he really had to, his parents were his (laughs) friends. So he'd always try and make his mom, who's the sweetest angel, like say funny things. Like he'd try and make her say like rap lyrics. And like, like he would say like, okay, Mo, he calls her Mo. He'd be like, you have to say like, tear the club up, tear the club up. And then his mom would be like, no, Justin. And he's, she's like, so only on Wednesdays is I can say what you want me to say. And so on Wednesdays, she would say whatever it is that she would want him to say. And he'd always make her say crazy stuff. And like, that was a rule. She's like, only Wednesdays is I will say whatever the crazy thing you want me to say is. That's really cute. It was so And he would just laugh. Uh, Just laugh. And he would laugh his ass off. And it's not like he's like putting this on Instagram. It's just for him. Just for him. And it was like funny rap lyrics or like silly things. Cause I saw it in one of his, one of her little notebooks. She had this note from Justin that was like, it's Wednesday, mom, come on. And it was like a note. She's like, yeah, I mean, on Wednesdays, I had to say whatever he wanted me to say. So freaking cute. That is so damn cute. Yeah. It makes me think too. What rules am I gonna? It'd be fun to just do playful rules like that where it's like, okay, on Tuesdays, Nobody totally. talks for the first three hours of the day. Yep. If you talk, you're in molten hot lava. Yes. Know. You know? With kids, you always have to negotiate. It's always a negotiation technique. And there's always molten it's hot exhausting. lava. exhausting. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> what was the Jim Gaffigan? He talks about that. He's like, with kids, it's like, everything's like a negotiation and everything is like, the kids take shifts staying up. He's like, one of them goes to bed. The next one gets up. He's like, it's exhausting. <laughs> well, he has like five suckers, five or six. Yeah, I think he suckers. has like six now. It's insane. Yeah. Insane. Uh, all right. So let us know. Uh, today's episode is a solo. Again, Thursdays are solo episodes and it's my solo week. And I wanted to talk about just because it's top of mind for me. And a lot of you have been you know, reaching out and asking, and I haven't been giving you a lot of information. So sorry about my new relationship, but I wanted to shed light on how I feel like I'm showing up differently to this relationship and just how much I've changed over the years, especially during the years that I was single. And especially in the last two years, just doing a lot of work and it's been really freeing. And so I kind of frame it up where I'm highlighting that like past Lindsay, that past story, and just able to shed light on how much I've evolved and how I'm able to show up much differently and just kind of love both versions of myself and have a lot of compassion for why I was the way I was when I was in relationships in my early twenties and who I am now and how I'm really able to kind of explore, explore that more freely. Mm, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. It's been a good one it's been so cool to see you like, and like see Sean just be so encouraging of you. Yeah. You know, it's such a, that's huge. Like I felt like I had to like hide part of myself with other people so that I don't know what that was. It was either, it was like too much, too weird. Yeah. Well, I remember some guys like remember, I remember one guy that you Mm -hmm. talked to was like, Oh, I don't want my woman to like, I'm I don't laughing. want my woman. I'm laughing because it sounds like we're in the 1950s to be like, I don't want my woman to work. It's like, but he said that in like so many words. It was literally basically that. It was basically that. It was very much that. And it was also like, 
we're not even dating. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you were gonna have me like quit my job so I could date you? Like, what? And it wasn't even like the caveat, like I want to take care of you. It was just like 100%. I actually, I actually don't want to see you shining. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, it was like I want you to be like my indentured servant. Quite literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool, and just feeling very much like myself in a relationship is new and different for me. So. I'm loving it. So hopefully you relate whether you're single or in a relationship or maybe calling in a relationship. I just think that if we can really have compassion for, you know, our evolution and parts of ourselves, ourselves that kind of had to be that way in order to survive, like at that time, we can just kind of move through with more, with more grace, but happy to share this with you. Again, I'm not sharing his Instagram handle, but yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe someday. Um, and then also too, you know, to speak back to your sacredness of being single. So you had a really profound episode last year about your journey being single and sort of how you found so much beauty and grace and growth in being single. So this is the relationship one, kind of that evolution, honoring that person. But you can also go and listen to the sacredness of being single episode, which was really powerful and profound. Yeah. All right, y'all. Hope you enjoy this one. Thanks for tuning in again. And you can visit almost30podcast.com for more information about our retreat coming up in May, about our digital workshop with Jenna Zoe, about human design. Uh, We're really excited about that. And anything else? Can't wait to connect with you on Instagram at almost30podcast. I'm at Lindsay Simsick. And I'm at It's Krista. All right, y'all. Love ya. Let's do it. Bye. What's up, friends? So glad you're here for this solo episode. It's Linz, and I'm excited to talk to you for about 30 minutes about something that's on my heart, and my hope is that you can relate and maybe feel a little bit less alone. And Krista and I decided to change the weekly format of this show so that we could talk to you more about what's going on in our lives in real time. Because I don't know, just sharing like that truly connects us on a deeper level as a community. So let us know what you're thinking of the new weekly format, which is Tuesdays, we have a guest on the show. It's really long form and in-depth and pretty unique to the style of Almost 30 is that candid conversation with our guests. And we tend to bring out a side of them that... I don't know, they don't normally show in interviews. So we're really proud of that format. And then Thursdays is the solo episode day, whether it's both Krista and I or one of us individually, we just want to catch up with you. So thank you in advance for listening. I'm really, I'm really excited about what I'm going to talk about today. I was inspired because I got a lot of beautiful feedback messages about my new relationship. And not that I needed the validation, but what it did for me was remind me how far I've come. (laughs) Uh, I was not this person uh, when I was 24 years old, 24, 25, 26, even 27. Mama's different. And I'm just so proud of the work that I've done because now I'm in such a healthy, beautiful, loving, respect-filled relationship that to be honest, yes, I wrote him down on a piece of paper, you know, two years ago, everything about him and everything checks out. But I I don't know if I believed I could have all those things. And I have those things now and more. And my faith has freaking blasted off to planet Mars. And I'm so happy, (laughs) unashamed to be so damn happy. So today I really want to talk about that growth and give you kind of specific examples of, you know, Lindsay, let's say eight years ago, six years ago to Lindsay now, and just how I'm showing up differently for this relationship. I think for a long time, I was caught in a loop of patterns and beliefs that just kept me attracting the same type of guy. And so I know that the work that I've done over the years, especially in this last year, holy fuck, has truly set me up to magnetize someone as dynamic, 
loving, respectful, um, faith-filled, and um, just dreamy as as my dude. So man, oh man, he's listening. So this is cute. All right. I want to start. We're going we're gonna to make this a shorty. It's going to be about 30 minutes. So hang tight. So Lindsay, when she was like 24, I was always feeling within relationships super dissatisfied. And that dissatisfaction would eventually shut me down. And from there, the relationship would just kind of fall apart one log at a time. And I realized that I was unfairly comparing my partners to an unrealistic ideal. Maybe what I saw in movies, what my dad told me I deserved, uh, countless other comparisons that just didn't set myself up, the relationship up for success. And I really wasn't honoring my own intuition, my own desires when it came to a relationship. You know, in your 20s, at least for me, it was all about going outside of myself to find the answers. So when I would do that, I would get the answer and then I would compare it to him. And I'm like, "Uh, uh, he doesn't measure up. So they were always, you know, these guys were always falling flat when they probably weren't flat, but they were falling flat. So rude. I'm sorry for anyone that I dated back then. If you might be listening, I doubt it. But what I realized is that I was focusing on the lack, what I didn't have in the relationship and what you focus on expands. We know this, it's science. And it just didn't give the relationship an opportunity to progress and expand and evolve. I was like, no, doesn't measure up. (laughs) which was just so rude. You know, I'm sure I wasn't a freaking peach either. I'm sure I had a lot to work on, but the point is that I was focusing on it. And what I learned through therapy and other modalities of healing and really just being with myself is that the comparison that I was doing when I was comparing my partner to someone else or an ideal or a story that someone told me, it was such a mirror to how I felt about myself and how I was comparing myself to other people and ideals. And at first it made me sad because I didn't realize that I was that critical. And when I started to, you know, in my single, the depths of my singleness, really observe that and understand that my inner world, that inner dialogue truly creates the lens through which I see the world, through which I interact with people. It was a really powerful observation and then practice to change that. And, you know, awareness is everything here. And so once I became aware, I could not unknow it and I could not ignore it. So when I was dating, especially in LA, I, I remember hitting a point when I was, you know, on the apps and and dating people frequently that my perspective started to shift. And I would go on these dates and instead of looking for things that were wrong or that I didn't want, I just kind of I, I sat in like a neutral seat and allowed this person to show up as they are. And so my ability to honor them in that moment as they are, who they are, not wanting to change them, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, really helped heal that part of me that was always so judgmental of everything I I was doing. You know, really helped me to honor who I am. And, you know, even though during that time I didn't really meet anyone that I had a a soul connection with, but that practice, oh my gosh, was so healing for me. So if you're out there and I dated you during that time, thank you so much (laughs) because I'm standing before you now or in front of this mic now, someone who genuinely, whether it's a romantic partner, a friend, a business partner, I am in the consistent practice of honoring 
whoever shows up in front of me because I am committed to honoring how I show up every day and meeting myself where I am. And it's just brought so much light, levity, and clarity to my relationships, especially my romantic relationship. So it just feels so free when you drop that uh, that that feeling of mm, it could be better, or you know, you drop that that comparison loop. Do you relate out there? Like when you're entering a relationship or dating, or even maybe in a business relationship or friendship, do you automatically think of the things that don't connect you, or compare them to someone else? If that's you. I just urge you in in that moment to ask, are you comparing yourself to others? Are you judging yourself when you could be a little bit kinder and just meet yourself where you are? Woo. Yeah, that was a big one. Starting with that one because it was a, a big one for me. All right. Next past version of Lindsay, feeling really suppressed and overwhelmed within relationship. Like I can't fully be myself. Like basically like the success of this relationship depends on me. You know, feeling that very overwhelmed feeling of like, I need to make this work. It depends on me. And at the same time, feeling really suppressed because I'm just unable to fully express myself as the like very creative, weird, random, sporadic, sometimes emotional weirdo that I am. And it was honestly suffocating me within relationship. What started to happen though, when I would do that, I think the other person could sense that I was not fully being myself. Not that they would have been able to handle my full self, you know what I mean? But they could sense that I was holding back because I'm sure there was an energy of like uncomfortableness within myself, within the relationship. And they could sense that. Not that they could articulate it, but they could sense it. And a lot of times guys would kind of push me away and not blatantly, but it, you know, it was like one of those things where like they wouldn't communicate consistently. They wouldn't make time for me. And I thought it was all my fault. (laughs) So I started to beat myself up. I'm like, you're too much. You need to chill. Like you just need to kind of be what you think they want to be with. So I'd morph like a freaking Power Ranger into something that I wasn't. And it was really painful. But over the years and during my sacredness of being single, I just like, to be honest, fell in love with every weird part of me. I spent a lot of time alone. And I get a lot of messages about this because... I do kind of share when I'm doing things alone, whether it's taking a weekend away by myself or what have you. And a lot of people share that they really want to do this, but they're scared and they're not sure like how they would react. And all I got to say is it's it's not easy. It's definitely not easy to be with yourself for an extended period of time alone. It's I go through waves to this day but I'm committed to writing it because I know like on the other side, I just feel, I feel so much more compassion for myself. I see myself in different lights. I see, I see that part of me that wants to protect me. I see that part of me that uh, just wants connection and love. And so during that time, I really, I remember telling myself like, the person who is going to love you like you deserve to be loved is going to love every part of you, every single part, the weird, the ugly, the kind, the compassionate, the funky, the edgy, the tomboy, you know, like every single part, which will really help you to love all those parts yourself. And I just have to say with my new relationship, which by the way, is not so new. We've known each other for eight years. That's one thing I'll say about it. I'm kind of keeping it close to my heart. So, uh, But we have known each other for eight years, which is really, really special. But with him, I just feel this complete 
permission, space to fully be myself, to fully trust myself. And I I really trust that by being willing to share parts of me that I've been really ashamed of in the past or thought was too weird or too much, um, trusting that it will bring us closer. And I'm able to trust that because he does that with me. You know, he, he shares parts of himself and his experience that liberate me on a level that I've never experienced before. And so what I've learned too, you know, as I'm stepping into this in a new way that partners have the power to liberate each other. And it's one of the most powerful results of a relationship is complete liberation. So I'm just feeling, I'm feeling more creative than than ever. I'm feeling more like myself than ever. I'm also feeling more peace than I ever have. And it's because I don't have to be anyone but me. So I don't have to remember things I said as that other person or the way in which I acted the other day because he liked that. However, I want to show up that day. I know that not only am I accepting it, but truly he is accepting and embracing it. And if he doesn't understand it, he's going to be curious about it, which is also such a gift. How are we doing out there? If you need a moment, go on a little water break, a potty break, or walk around the block, but we're about halfway through. And I want to dig into something that is is kind of in process of being healed and and examined, but I truly think I've come so, so far. But in my past relationships, again, in my early to mid to late, even 20s, I depended so much on the physical attraction within a relationship, that physical connection to define whether the relationship is good or bad, whether the relationship is going to last or going to end. I mean, I just specifically remember like, so dumb y'all. I specifically remember like when I was dating in LA, if a guy was like a so-so kisser, I was like, nope, nope, can't, you know, like really uh, just writing him off right away without taking into consideration, maybe he's nervous, maybe... Maybe he's tongue-tied. Maybe like not just no compassion whatsoever, just making very fast and hard assumptions. So ultimately not giving that person a chance and setting them up for success in any way. And I also on this note would use my body to convince you know, that person that I was dating or starting to date that I'm worth their time. So, you know, whether it was sex or not, like just using the expression of my body to convince them, like you should be with me. (laughs) The caveat to this is that I still really value embodiment. Being in my body, expressing myself physically, I think is so important, but my intention has changed. You know, my intention back then was, okay, let me do this to convince them to be with me, that I'm amazing, that blah, blah, blah. And now really this is like an expression of my soul. And that sounds actually cheesy just coming out of my mouth. I like just judge the shit out of that, but (laughs) it's true. Like there's just such a difference when you are allowing the the moment to move through you physically to be so present with your partner to just allow whether it's pleasure or sadness or happiness to to move through your physical body i think is such a gift for your partner and just adds another dimension to what happens quote unquote in the bedroom you know because i think sometimes and i'm speaking from my own experience in the past where you know you go in the bedroom and there's like things that are going to happen so it's like foreplay sex cuddling okay right <laughs> and we really limit ourselves sometimes with the stories that that we tell ourselves or maybe that our partner tells us and so 
You know, I just think that taking the pressure off of the physical, off of the sex to define the relationship, you know, no longer seeing it as the temperature I use to decide whether things are hot or not, you know what I mean? Really allowing the physical to be this beautiful embodiment of the soul of the relationship. So making sure that the soul of the relationship is constantly being fed and constantly connected to instead of allowing the physical to dictate the soul of the relationship. Does that make sense? I would have to say that that is is the most important shift that I've experienced. And I'm so grateful that I am with someone who is open to have the conversation on a regular basis around the emphasis that we put on the physicality. While it's such an important piece of a relationship, it's not everything. And if the other things are not in alignment, oh, we got a problem. The last thing I'll say about this is that my boyfriend and I are in a long distance relationship, the famous LDR. And I truly feel like we are building such a strong foundation. It's not the most ideal, right? Like we get to see each other once a month, but oh man, there's this funny thing about space and time that allows for reflection and integration and for like high, high level, high, uh, highly focused communication that really has strengthened has strengthened our relationship across the board so the physical the emotional the spiritual it's it's really beautiful and you know i don't know how long we will be long distance but damn i'm just I'm again, I'm not trying to need what I don't have or come from that place of I wish it was different. I'm really kind of meeting this relationship where it is and it's it's really cool. I'm learning so much and it forces me to be present and it really forces me to articulate how I'm feeling, which I didn't do in the past. I would kind of wait for the person I was dating to kind of tell me how they're feeling and then I would, huh, I would orchestrate their experience by holding back on what I really wanted to say. And so in this way, I just feel, I've said this before, but I just feel like we're equals and we're able to communicate on a a really equal plane and up level together. So that's a biggie, such an important one. If you relate, let me know. Join the secret Facebook group. I need to know. Okay. I'm flipping my notebook. We are, uh, we're moving on past Lindsay felt like she needed the approval of others in order to, um, you know, progress a relationship and really enjoy and be present for a relationship. You know, whether that was my parents, my other members of my family, friends, even social media, I'm sure there was some influence there. And I was just so preoccupied by that validation. And over the last few years, again, this last year in particular, I've been really looking at where in my life that I've just felt the need for approval in general. Even within the business, you know, I find myself seeking validation in order to feel needed and worthy of all of this. So it's really interesting how that translates across every area of my life. But I don't know what it is. Maybe it's being 32 and just a bit more like degaff, like don't give a fuck. <laughs> but also being so proud of all the work that I've done and so confident in who I am today that you know I am really letting the way I am living and loving in this relationship be honest and out in the open to people that I really love and care about, and letting that set the tone for how people receive it. You know people can can have their own opinions and questions and all the things but really allowing like the way in which i am showing up to my own life and to this relationship dictate how people receive it rather than noticing that i'm looking to seek approval and i'm feeling insecure about it and then they have this kind of distorted view of how the relationship really is And so I'm really taking ownership of that piece of really not needing the approval of others, of 
allowing my confidence in myself and in the relationship and in the continued evolution of the relationship to just set the tone for how people receive it. And damn, there is some like, there is some fiery freedom in not caring what other people think, you know? Really putting the blinders on, sticking the earplugs in sometimes and not caring what people think, you know, honoring my experience and my opinion as as the most important next to my partner. So yeah, it's it's been a it's been a process of letting go. But truly on the other side, I am feeling so much lighter, so much more space for love and exploration within this relationship and so much motivation to really share how how happy I am. You know, I think too, like I felt a little shame in the past around being happy in a relationship and would just find some things that were wrong with it to share with people over the things that were going really well. And now I'm it's funny if people ask me, I'm like, it really is like it's great. You know, it's really great. I know we will have our days and our seasons where maybe it's challenging, but I just think through the highs and lows, like we are really helping each other reach one another's highest potential. So, wow. (laughs) I mean it, but sometimes it sounds cheesy coming out of my mouth, but I I truly, truly mean it. All right. I'm going to round this one out with, you know, one last big leap of growth was, oh, this is such a big one. Okay. This is such a big, big one. I believed for so long that my boyfriend, my partner would inhibit my career growth, uh, you know, my career progression, uh, basically that they would distract me. And this comes from my sweet dad who I love so much. And you know what? I have a feeling that, you know, I'm going to be like this. You know, my husband will be like this where it's like, don't date a boy right now. You got to focus on your schoolwork. That's what I heard for so many years. (laughs) And, you know, while I, I know that there was so much truth to that, because I think as a pubescent teenager, when you start to like boys, you know, they can just take up so much brain space. And at that time you need to study for the SATs. And so I I understand the intention and I love my dad for that, but it's really been my work since then to kind of drop that narrative, that story that I've been telling myself that I can't have both, that I can't have a partner and also a thriving, um, ever evolving career. But damn, with this relationship, I got to say, y'all, I've never been more inspired. What the heck is up with love? That's what love does. (laughs) I've just been so inspired and so clear on my potential. And it's funny and it sounds kind of serious. And I guess it is serious, but I'm going to say it because I've already, you know, discussed it with him where. I just I think of I think of us a lot and it's given me this permission to explore new ways of being and creating when I think about, you know, the fact that it's he and I now. And yes, I am and he is. We are both very independent within the relationship, but there's this like cool new plane I'm living on where I'm like, "Oh, it's us." Like it's it's us too, you know? And it just inspires me. It really does inspire me to think outside of the box. Like love, love does this to you, (laughs) y'all. It truly does. And, you know, you might find love within a relationship. You might find self-love, like it all. It really can inspire, inspire you to like, to go to that other place, to be unafraid to explore parts of yourself and the world and other people and connect with people and be vulnerable. That will just create something so unique to share. I mean, it's it's pretty rad. And so I've completely blown up that story that says, I can't have both. I can't, I can't be in a relationship and be successful. Truly, that's what I thought. 
So I've blown it up and it's it feels so good. And what I'm really working on in the wake of that explosion is reminding myself that if I it, when I do need to take time, like be kind of insular and create boundaries around when I'm creating, that doing that will not jeopardize my relationship. In the past, I've definitely sacrificed you know, my own creative process, getting work done, progressing, honing my craft because I felt like I needed to ensure that my partner, the person that I was with felt needed, validated, like I had, that I wanted to spend quality time with them always over anything else. And it just wasn't balanced. And I felt Ah, that was like so out of alignment for me. I I prayed that I would find someone who would give me that permission, who would empower me to give myself that permission to take the time to create boundaries, to create and be kind of insular and in my own world and like come out the other side and join again with him and like rejoice over like, our own independence and rejoice over the fact that we could come together and just feel like so electric. You know, like I always, I never felt like I could have both, that I could be independent and in relationship. So, you know, it's, it's just been this unwrapping of those either or stories that I've, I've really believed for so long and realizing that I can be independent and I can be in this amazing partnership with someone. Like I can be successful in my career and have a thriving relationship. Like, it's it's really cool how my experience right now in this beautiful relationship is blowing up a lot of my old shit and it feels really good. And I'll end by saying this, like I have so much compassion for that girl, you know, in her early mid even late 20s who, you know, had learned a lot of unhealthy habits and adhered to them and you know, it was really hard for her to stay authentic to who she really was because she was so obsessed with, you know, impressing other people or living up to their expectations. And that girl who was just like a creature of habit because, you know, these unhealthy habits felt like home, you know, those self-destructive habits, especially around relationships, romantic relationships felt like home. It's like what I learned first and and so the comfort of it is is really a strong, powerful force. And so I felt like that was me for so long. And so once I started to unpack and go inward and spend a lot of time with myself, you know, and and go to therapy and I've talked about other modalities of healing that I've done, especially in the last year that have just kind of peeled back the layers. And finally getting to the point where losing, you know, losing that behavior, like really letting that behavior go finally felt freeing instead of it feeling like I'm losing a part of my identity because no longer did I consider these stories about myself a part of my identity. And let's be real, catch me in a few years talking again about how much I've changed. So I'm just kind of honoring myself. I'm honoring you out there where like you are changing always. Like it is never ending and it's not simple. It can be very complicated. But instead of, you know, turning that corner and feeling like it's it's hard and jagged and challenging, I don't know, like there is an excitement to it. And I just want to remind you that the change you're going through can yield some really exciting new aspects of you that the world needs to experience, that your future partner will love about you, and that like parts of you that you will be able to love even more or love for the first time. So, oh man, this has been a blast for me. I hope it's been a blast for you. <laughs> I hope you're late. Like that's the whole point here. And and just know that 
I'm still in process. We're all very much still in process, but I think being able to share and heal together and really cheer each other on within our own respective journeys is such a huge, fun, inspiring part of living this life. So thank you for listening. And thank you for all your kind messages around me. Finally, not being single for the first time in seven years. Really appreciate it. Truly from the bottom of my heart, I feel so loved. And, you know, thank you for also respecting, you know, my decision to, you know, right now hold much of the relationship close to my heart and not out in the open with, you know, social media and whatnot. I'm just kind of keeping it very, very simple. I know y'all have asked me to tag him in pictures. It's not happening yet. Um, And that's just my own personal choice, but I love y'all. Thanks for being here. Thank you for supporting Almost 30. Thank you for being you. And I will see you on the next one. All right, everyone. Hope you got something out of that solo episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any feedback, anything that you'd like to hear us individually talk about or talk about together, we'd we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we're so grateful for you. And we would love to connect with you this year at the retreat happening at Calamigos Ranch, a five-star resort in Malibu. We are bringing our favorite healers, astrologers, visionaries, so many amazing people to this retreat. And it's going to be just for 24 women. The women that went last year found the experience to be so profound and are still connected. A few of them actually rebooked for this year, which is really exciting. So almost30podcast.com slash retreat for that. And then we have our digital workshop with Jenna Zoe on human design. So you can join that from the comfort of your home in your pajamas. And you'll be getting a few of her courses for free along with that and the ability to ask her a question. So that is available to register on almost30podcast.com. Okay, review of the week. A must listen. This is from Megan Rose. I can't say enough good about Almost 30 Podcast. I don't know how, but their episodes always seem to resonate with me so strongly and I hear them right when I need them. Thank you to Lindsay, Krista, and the Almost 30 team for being such real and inspiring content to the airwaves. You bring such light and love through every episode. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you guys for taking a moment to write a review on iTunes. You can DM us, send us your review and we can send you a little something. So thank you so much for doing that. It means the world and we will see you on the next one. Love you.